now. It's time to engage. We're here to demonstrate what Jesus has done to us and to let the world see a radically different picture on marriage, on relationships, on finances. We're here to paint a picture of what it looks like when God gets a hold of us, what it looks like when Jesus changes us. I want you to engage the culture. I want you to love the people in the culture and rehabilitate, redeem it. is Engage with T.J. Smith. Welcome, everybody, to Engage. Welcome to the show. I got Big Dev in the studio, Devin Severs. How's it going there, buddy? It's going pretty good. Today, we're talking about a subject called uh, God versus the Tooth Fairy. God versus the Tooth Fairy. Did you ever believe in the Tooth Fairy when you were growing up? Um, probably. Probably? Probably. How about Santa? I still believe in Santa. You still believe in Santa. Okay, so basically this is the argument you hear a lot of times. I don't know if you've ever heard it. People talk about how, you know, if you believe in God, you might as well believe in Santa Claus. Might as well believe in the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. You ever heard that before? Yeah. I've heard it before too. And um, we got some spoilers coming ahead if you've got children listening. So you might want to turn them away from this podcast at the moment. (laughs) This is huge, huge announcement. (laughs) If you want to turn the kids away, uh, that warning is over now. Santa does not exist. (laughs) I I remember... When I was a little kid, I remember when I first had my first couple moments of Santa doubt. Remember when I started losing my faith in Santa? That was it was uh, it was first grade, first grade, and up until this point, I had no problem with a man coming down my chimney on Christmas. Normally that would be freaky, normally that would be weird, but on Christmas I knew there was going to be presents under the tree, so a man coming down a chimney and putting presents under a tree in the living room was not a big deal to me. Didn't even think about it on Christmas. But first grade, one time some kid said, Santa doesn't exist. And I I went and I told the teacher on him. And so I, uh, I said, please tell this kid that Santa does exist. And the teacher just kind of stared at me like, didn't know what to do, just just stared at me. And so I'm like, tell him, tell him. And she, she just stared at me. And that that's when I first had my moment of Santa doubt because uh, I realized that uh, maybe, maybe the kid was right. Maybe there was no Santa Claus. And then I remember around Easter time, uh, I, I've never really thought about that either. Just assumed that the Easter Bunny like was putting, you know, eggs in a basket, chocolates, all that stuff. <laughs> I remember, I remember though, one night I heard a whole bunch of footsteps uh, one night before Easter morning and uh, I did not hear bunny hops. I did not hear, I heard more like steps. And um, so then I saw a Toys R Us bag the next morning and uh, I got the Megazord for the Power Rangers. 
On so. Easter? On Easter, yeah. yeah a big got, present you for, Easter. for oh, yeah. Easter. Oh, yeah. I was, oh, wow. I was spoiled for a couple of years. <laughs> you never knew. <laughs> one year, you might just get a Cadbury egg. One year, you might get the Megazord. So <laughs> it just kind of depended, I guess. But I saw the Toys R Us bag, and I'm like, this, the Easter Bunny did not shop at Toys R Us. So <laughs> I kind of figured it out. And then, you know, I think with the Tooth Fairy, you know, the whole deal... Uh, it's kind of a freaky concept anyway. You exchange your teeth for money. Like, who wants your teeth, you know? Um, and I think they had the movie with The Rock and everything. But, like, really, who's taking your teeth and, and exchanging money? So, uh, I think I woke up a couple times and realized it was, like, an uncle or my mom or dad put money under the pillow. Did you ever you ever do that? Do you remember? I can't really money? remember. I mean, I know I've gotten money for it, but I can't really remember. Maybe they just gave you money <laughs> instead of telling you the whole two fairy lie. Um, I, I guess, believed at one time that the two you know fairy was I actually think, slipping money. I think a couple rental. times I woke up and the tooth was still there and I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> no money, just the tooth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joke's on you. You tried. Maybe you tried it without telling anybody that you lost the tooth. Oh, uh, that's right. And, and you were like, oh, I'll try it on my own. And, and boom. But I remember, I think the highest money I ever got was like $7 or something like that. And then I would get mad the next time if it was like 3 or $2. I'm like, hey, the tooth fairy jipped me. I don't so, think I ever got a dollar. You don't You don't think you ever got No, I probably got like a dime. Oh, you got change. Oh, yes. you got you got majorly ripped off by a tooth fairy. <laughs> it's like one of those six o'clock in the morning, tooth. mom wakes up, she's like, oh crap. <laughs> tooth fairy <laughs> lost his tooth. Tooth fairy owes you money. Um, man, so yeah, I mean, you lose faith in those kind of things. But here's like the one thing that I always think about when we compare this to God is that I have never woken up one morning and discovered that it was really, actually, truth was, my parents created the universe. <laughs> have not <laughs> ever seen it. Did not wake up and see them placing stars in the sky. Uh, did not wake up and see them changing the oxygen levels and all that kind of thing. So uh, I have not seen that as of yet. Could be, could be, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> um, no, it's actually, I really highly doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds possible. If anybody is my grandmother, it's not my parents. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I have no idea, uh, you know, like why those things get compared. Cause I mean, if you think about it that way, it's kind of a different thing because like the universe is here and, and obviously those are just stories, but God gets compared to fairies, leprechauns, unicorns, all these kinds of things all the time. And I really don't get the comparison because like we have the universe and it's pretty complex. It's pretty, uh, it looks like it's designed. In fact, most atheists will say it looks like it's designed. Uh, it's not like it's a giant blob of jello or something very simple like that. Like, I mean, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. We just evolved. But it's like very complex. Like there's a lot of information in it. And um there's just uh, different things like that that seem to point to the fact that there's an intelligent designer. And, and there's only so many different ways that we could have actually come about. Like the universe is here, there's only so many ways we can explain it. One of those ways is that, uh, I guess, it's all an illusion. And uh, someone, you ever seen The Matrix? Yeah. You've seen The Matrix, and so you got Neo, Morpheus, all of them. So uh, one theory put out is, is that maybe we're in a simulation. I forget, I forget what the argument is. It's like we could be in, a, in like a simulation. Like, like uh, what was the movie with Jim Carrey? Is it Truman Show? Something like that. I, the Truman, I, I forget. Jim Carrey's in a movie 
like that where he's like actually in it's not I don't know maybe it's I, I guess kind of like a simulation or something like that um but it's like maybe uh, Richard Dawkins compared it to uh, this video game that's online called Second Life uh, but basically like there's a theory out there that suggests that maybe it could be a simulation I mean it's very possible that it could be a simulation the argument out there was something crazy like <laughs> chances are uh, no, um, I, I don't know, it's like a three-step argument. I don't even want to waste time with it because I'm pretty sure that we're not a simulation. Um, if we are, then this world has a serious virus <laughs> called sin. <clears throat> <laughs> so that's one explanation. It's all an illusion. If you think it's an illusion, just slap yourself really hard in the face and see if it hurts. <laughs> And if it does, that should work. <laughs> you, might, you might not be in an illusion. Um, also, we got maybe that the universe just came about from nothing. Um, so there was nothing and then there was something. Yeah, I don't know how that will work, but that's a possibility. Uh, then you've got that the universe always existed. Uh, and that doesn't seem to make sense because if the, the universe were infinite, it should have ran out of energy by now. Um, and so one theory proposed has been multiverses, that there's multiverses uh, that exist and that ours just happen to have the components where we have suitable life. And um, there's really no test they can do to really test that at all, to be honest, but that's just a theory because the earth is so fine-tuned that um, that's like they've got to come up with these explanations. I'm gonna read from Discover Magazine, an article in Discover Magazine. Do you have a subscription to that, Devin? Um, not that I believe so. You don't believe so? It's a, uh, it's a science magazine. Okay. And uh, they were talking about the multiverse theory, but uh, they were saying, consider just two possible changes. Uh, this is talking about the fine-tuning of the universe. Atoms consist of protons, neutrons, and electrons. If those protons were just 0.2% more massive than they actually are, they would be unstable and would decay into simpler particles. Atoms wouldn't exist. You know what the problem is with that, Devin? What? If atoms didn't exist, uh, we wouldn't exist. Whoa. Neither would we. Whoa. Whoa. If gravity were slightly more powerful, the consequences would be nearly as grave. A beefed-up gravitational force would compress stars more tightly, making them smaller, hotter, and denser. Rather than surviving for billions of years, stars would burn through their fuel in a few mil million years, sputtering out long before life had a chance to evolve. There are many such examples of the universe's life-friendly properties, so many, in fact, that physicists can't dismiss them all as mere accidents. So this is uh, a magazine, science magazine, and it says that physicists can't dismiss them all as mere accidents. The, the, the whole universe seems so fine-tuned that if you just change certain things, like the Earth's distance from the sun, just change small things, there's huge consequences to that. And so that seems to point to a designer. And last, of course, you're an atheist, because what's the motto? If it looks designed, we're just stupid enough to believe that it actually is. <laughs> Crazy, huh? All right. When we come back, we're going to listen to some clips from the man, Richard Dawkins, author of The God Delusion, everybody's favorite atheist. We'll be back on Engage.
Your Honor, the defendant was caught with the stolen goods in his hand. Well, he probably needed them. Not guilty. Next. I confess, Your Honor, I killed my boss. Well, we all make mistakes. Not guilty. Next. Many people think God will overlook their sin because he's good. Not guilty. Next. What's with this judge? He's letting everybody go. Oh, he's just a very loving man. Yeah, I did it, so. Not guilty. Next. But what about the victims? This is wrong. Well, the judge is just a very good, forgiving person. If he doesn't convict people, then he's saying it's okay to break the law. That makes him evil. The thing some people hope will save them on Judgment Day is the very thing that will condemn them. God's goodness. But God has provided a way to escape eternal punishment. Jesus died to pay the penalty of our sin. How will you face judgment, with or without Jesus? Another message from Lifeline Productions, located on the web at lifelinepro.com. I think it was my father who first introduced me to, uh, to Darwinian evolution. I was immensely moved by it, and it did start a roller coaster in a way, and then I started to become... Uh, really quite anti-religious after that. I went through a sort of middle ground of what you might call deism. I think I gave up Christianity before I finally gave up the idea of a, a sort of creative designer of some kind. Darwin made it possible to be an intellectually fulfilled atheist. Before that, you could be an atheist. Hume was, for example. But it was quite difficult because you had no good explanation for why uh, living things look so well designed. Darwin provided that. That's the voice of Richard Dawkins. He is a biologist. He is an atheist. Uh, he's constantly talking about how there is no God. It's just very improbable that there is no God. Whenever there is a question as to how uh, something might point to a creator, looks like it's got you know, some mark of design, he always seems to say, well, we don't know the answer, but science is working on it. But that doesn't mean that we can say that magic did it. So he equates God or the belief of God to being magic. He sometimes uses the word fairies uh, because obviously that, that makes it very lighthearted and it makes you think of God as some kind of joke, basically, uh, you know, what do you think of when you hear the word fairies, Devin? Um, a fairy? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a lighthearted thing, so it's, uh, it just, it just takes, um, makes it like a, this very lighthearted thing, like, well, if we don't believe in sky fairies, uh, they even invented the, the flying spaghetti monster, um, because basically most atheists, if they're honest, will admit that you can't disprove God, but that doesn't mean that God actually exists. Um, and so we want to listen to some clips of what Richard Dawkins says could be some alternatives uh, to God existing uh, since things look so well designed. It could come about in the following way. It could be that uh, at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization e evolved by probably some kind of Darwinian means to a very, very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they seeded onto perhaps this, this planet. Um, now, th that is a possibility and an intriguing possibility. Mm. And I suppose it's possible that you might find evidence for that if you look at the, um, at the detailed 
details of biochemistry, molecular biology, you might find a signature of some sort of designer. So you might find a signature of some sort of designer, and it could come about that some highly evolved race actually, you know, got technology somehow and, uh, and helped this process of us being created. Basically, is that, yeah. what, he's, is that what he's saying? <laughs> so if, is he saying there could be an intelligent designer? It just can't be yes, just God. Can't be God. Just can't be eternal, okay. Um, and that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. Well, but okay. that higher intelligence would itself have had to have come about by some explicable or ultimately explicable process. It couldn't have just jumped into existence spontaneously. That's the point. And that's the point. So basically, uh, so there could be intelligent design, there could have been some kind of force behind all this, but that had to come from something that evolved itself or something like that. And um, but that also would lead into the question of where they came from and where they came from and where they came from, where they came from. And that puts us in an endless uh, like regress, which is kind of Richard Dawkins main point when you read his books is like one of his main arguments is is not that things don't look designed or that there couldn't be a designer he's just saying that it can't be God it just can't be an infinite eternal God because the biggest problem for them is that if we're saying that because things are so complex that uh, it, that we need a creator they're gonna say well where did the creator come from and so really that's their biggest argument against creation is that well where did God come from and the Christian response would be that God didn't have a beginning so he doesn't need a cause all things that have a beginning need a cause but God didn't have a beginning so therefore he doesn't need a cause uh, and, and the reason that you just can't simply do that with the universe and make that same argument that maybe the universe didn't have a beginning is because of what we know about things like the second law of thermodynamics and, and that the universe should have run out of energy basically by now. And so, um, you know, you could try to make that argument. That's why some people have proposed different theories, but everything that comes into existence or has a beginning needs a cause but if you don't come into existence if you're infinite if you've always existed then you don't need a cause so the argument uh, where did god come from is that he had no cause he always existed and sure that can be a hard concept for people to believe or grasp uh, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not true and yet atheists are so confident that there is, you know, most likely no God. And yet they say things like um, there could be design. It looks that way. It looks designed. It could come about that. Um, it, we surmise it's probable that they really have no clue what the answer is. They just know without a shadow of a doubt that it's not who? God. God. It can't be God. <laughs> it just can't be God. And so that sounds kind of like uh, maybe what the Bible says about people that suppress the knowledge of God. That's uh, what ha can be clearly seen 
by people, they're suppressing that knowledge. Sounds kind of like what the Bible teaches us about people just suppressing that knowledge. Because when you're willing to look at things and say, ah, oh, yes, this looks designed, but we're just so stupid enough to think that it actually is. <laughs> like, you don't do that for anything else. And I know atheists are tired of hearing these arguments about the building has a builder and the painting has a painter in it, but you don't look at a painting and see the, you know, the paint everywhere. And it's, you know, I mean, you know, even if it's messy, you know, it came from somewhere, you know, a five-year-old did it or something like that. But, you know, you see a painting, uh, you see a Thomas Kincaid or something like that. Um, and you say, <clears throat> oh, <laughs> that looks well done, but, uh, <laughs> It'd be stupid to say that someone painted it. <laughs> I mean, you don't do that with anything. You don't do that with a building. You don't say, well, that's very well built, very sturdy construction. <laughs> and we're just so stupid as humans that we actually think someone built it. <laughs> oh, 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 simple people. No, you don't do that with those things. So why do we do it with creation? And, and look, this, this whole podcast, this whole episode today is not really about proving the existence of God. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the arguments for the existence of God in a later podcast. But for today, the bottom line is that it's really not that ridiculous to believe in God. So, uh, you know, don't, don't be intimidated by people that, you know, call you a dim or stupid and some of the other names you find on the internet about people that believe <laughs> in creation. Um, so... There's nothing to be intimidated by. I, I mean, really, they're sitting there saying that it looks designed, it just can't be God. So, you know, let's just be reasonable. Um, if you don't want to believe there's a God, that's fine. But don't look at others that do believe that there's a God or a creator of some sort as stupid. Um, I, I don't know, that sounds reasonable to me. Um, does that sound reasonable to you, Devin? Yeah. I mean, I hope we can at least get past this idea that belief in God is is the same as believing in the tooth fairy and Santa. I mean, I've even heard atheists, you know, go both ways on this, you know, in one second they're saying you might as well believe in fairies. And then the next instance they're saying, no, this is a, this is a serious issue. People make life decisions based on their belief in God. So, you know, make up your mind, but let's be reasonable. Let's, uh, let's not compare it to belief in Santa Claus. Uh, I hope that's reasonable. I know people are going to think what they think, but I think that's reasonable that we get past this silly notion that it's the same as believing in the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and leprechauns and unicorns and all that stuff. Uh, I think that's reasonable. But look, we're going to close this thing out. Uh, we're going to close out with Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 19 for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so they are without excuse for although they knew God they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So it's important to recognize that God has made this clear to us. He's made it clear we are able to grasp the basic concept that when we see design, we know there must be a designer. Uh, and that is a reasonable thing to perceive. 
even the atheists, when they're honest about it, perceive that there is this look, this appearance of design. They try to explain it in different ways and say that it's not necessary to have the designer. But that's like me sitting here arguing about how this building and how this painter, uh, how this building and how this painting, you know, doesn't need a, a builder and a painter, you know, and, and you can debate about it for a long time. But common sense is, you know, when you see a design, there is a designer. <clears throat> Devin, thanks for joining me on this edition. Thanks for being in the studio. Thank you. Always, a, always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Tell the folks at home where they can check out more information. You can check out more information on EngageThePodcast.com. EngageThePodcast.com. Be sure to leave us your suggestions, your feedback in the comments section, even your hate mail. Yes. We uh, definitely would appreciate it. We thank you for listening to the show. Uh, I'm TJ Smith. I'm Devin Severs. That's Devin Severs. We're out. Later. Engage.